Hey, Star Wars friends. Thanks for listening. Just wanted to let you know that this episode you're about to hear is a recording of our Mandalorian live show, The Razorcrest Reacts. It's available anytime on our YouTube channel. Whether you choose to watch the video or listen to the podcast here, either way, make sure to join us every Friday during The Mandalorian for The Razorcrest Reacts at 7.30 Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope. As always, may the Force be with you. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Welcome to another edition of our Friday Night Live Mandalorian Recap Show, The Razorcrest Reacts. Moff Gideon, you have something I want. You may think you have some idea what you are in possession of, but you do not. Soon, he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. I hope you watched, because the spoilers are coming. Here's your host, the Star Wars Friend! Woo! If you are not pumped after that intro, I don't know what's going to get you hype uh, for tonight, because we had probably one of the most epic, epic episodes of The Mandalorian ever tonight. And all I got to say is, Woo! You guys are here on Friday night with the Star Wars friends. This is the Razor Crest Reacts Reacts show live at seven thirty. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am stoked, and, and I would say this: I am going to I'm going to eat a little bit of crow because last week I said I did not think they would pull the rescue off going into this, and clearly they did. We had the happy ending; it was great. But I came out of this with more questions, a lot more questions, as is always good with Star Wars, because if you just answer all the questions, then the show's over. It's done. We got no more. But I am Justin. Uh, I am your host this evening. Um, with me, as always, are my Star Wars friends. This is Josh, and I just, I gotta say, I, I just love hearing all of that energy in Kyle's voice in the intro. Yeah. Sometimes I just listen sit at home and listen to it and and just and, and just soak it in. So good. <laughs> uh this is Kyle and I guess I'm glad you like it, Josh. Thanks. <laughs> uh this is Maggie and yeah, all I'm thinking about is Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. Yeah. That was a solid, solid Hard ending. I think of anything else. And as always on Friday nights, we have a very special guest with us this oh. evening. Maggie, do you want to do the honors? Yes. So tonight we are joined by Arzu, who is a multi-talented podcaster, live streamer, writer, and all-around wonderful human being. Welcome. Welcome, Arzu. Um, Guys, we have so much to talk about in this episode. There was so much going on. It was just absolutely bonkers from beginning to end. Probably one of the best episodes so far out of two seasons. And probably one of the biggest star wars moments uh in in all of star wars recent history probably since empire strikes back it was epic arzu yes i'm gonna put you on the spot right in the beginning okay give me your overall impression of tonight's episode not into deep dive yet but overall impression what were your thoughts i really really liked it and i didn't think i was going to because a lot of the things i said i didn't want to happen happened and i loved it anyway 
So I think that means that I didn't trust that they could carry those things out properly and they did. So Mm -hmm. I'm surprised and very happy about it. It was awesome. It was awesome. Maggie, what were your initial thoughts? Um, I was speechless for two hours and I am a very talkative person and my mother was very concerned and very happy as well. So two very happy lovets in this household. (laughs) I got, I got done with the first watch and my mouth was just on the floor. Like I was like, I I was like this (laughs) and my mom was like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? And I was just like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Josh, Josh, what about you, sir? I don't even, I don't even know. I, uh, my first, my first reaction, the first thing that gave me like a really big reaction in the episode, just to, to do something different than everybody else, I think was, I thought, oh, well, we can never trust anything Sasha Banks says ever again. She hoodwinked us. (laughs) Which I'm very glad that she did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I saw two Mando sitting there and I was like, I thought it was it was the guy whose name I can't remember now. Ax Woes and Bo-Katan. and I was like, oh, they cut, and then I and then when I realized it was Sasha, I got really excited. So that was one of my questions this evening: was where was Ax Woes? Where was he? Yeah, he's I'm gone. Curious about that too. I know. Maybe he's back spying on Mandalore back in season three. Who knows? We'll Ooh. see. Kyle, yeah. your interpretations, impressions. What would you get out of it? Uh, I was shocked because, like you, pretty much everything I expected to happen did not, not happen. I yeah. did not <laughs> think they would swing as big as they did, and I didn't think they'd be able to pull it off, and I was wrong on both <sighs> counts, pleasantly. Uh, happy to admit that, but yeah, uh, it was it was really great. I, I will say, one of the things we we debated way back when this show first started was is this going to be a lone wolf lone wolf and cub father and son situation for the entirety of the entirety of the run or is that going to be um an arc that then moves on to something else and um maybe it looks like that was just part of it um yeah. who knows maybe grogu's gonna get expelled from the jedi academy after a couple episodes you never know but stealing um, people's cookies i think that would right he's <laughs> he's known for that or eating eating their potential babies who knows anything but um yeah it was very very surprising in a lot of ways well we welcome everybody if you are new to the show uh welcome 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 you came in at a great time because we have a lot to unpack in this episode lots to talk about um if you're joining us tonight we assume you've seen the show because we are about to spoil it for you um, so. and talk about all the stuff that we got to see and enjoy. Um, if you've been with us every Friday night, we appreciate you coming back for sure. Um, we thank you. Um, you can always listen to our podcast. Uh, it's uh, Star Wars Friends Show. Um, you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on any social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at SW Friends Show, and you can always email us at, at show or excuse me, show at starwarsfriends.com. Um, we love hearing from you guys, and we would love to hear what you guys thought of this episode. So please feel free, drop us messages, drop us lines. So let's talk about this episode here. So we got, you know, when we last saw Grogu, he had been kidnapped by evil Moff Gideon. He's held hostage on his ship in little baby handcuffs. Um, with a horde of dark troopers basically guarding him. And, oh my goodness, so like, you know, just so passed sad. out from, from no energy. And he still looked tired when, when they got to him in this episode. 
but he he's being held. And I think it kind of jumped off where we thought it might go at the start was that they would go out, try to find Bo-Katan, right? And say, hey, look, we know where Moff Gideon's at. We need your help. That's kind of where it jumped off at. Where it, I did not kind of think it would jump off at was them getting uh, getting Dr. Pershing right away. That's I what I want to know is how did they find him? Because I knew they had Gideon's coordinates, but they're just chasing around his Lambda-class shuttle right out in middle space somewhere and just completely hijack it. How did they find, how did they find him? Lucky I don't care. Man. I'm just happy he's back. Dr. <laughs> Pershing. I really like Dr. Pershing. Yes, me too. happy for him to come back. He's yes. such a sweetheart. Like he doesn't want to do this. No, he, uh, he has no I allegiances. Agree with you. He, has he went no to medical allegiances. school. He got a job. He also he's a man of science. Like he was, mm-hmm. he's like the spaghetti Western, the doctor in town that like yeah. gets roped in to help the bad guys and like yeah. the good guys show up and he's like, oh, finally, oh, great. here's all of the information yep. about the bad guy. Just get me out of here. Like, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't have an allegiance to one or the other. He's just a man of science, Kyle. You're right. He's a man of science. He just wants to learn. He just wants to study. And he gave up everything like oh the kids over here troopers are over here you got a board in here you think there's only 100 people but there's not like there's a lot of people on this ship so um he gave up everything um but once they get him uh they take you know the lambda class shuttle they go off and find bo katan who's just chilling in a bar with sasha and uh no axe she's always eating when we see hungry she's a very hungry girl yeah uh, no Axe Woves though with them, so that's that's a big Dad. mystery. Is where was Axe Woves? She's uh, got maybe a wild he's... hairdo with those uh, braids like across her forehead. I love it. Was it. Like, no, it was like that last time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it this... stresses me out. I keep wanting to push it off her face, but this yeah. fight scene was awesome, and that's I so loved, loved, loved the dialogue between the two. Josh, that's as the resident, right there. as the resident Boba Fett man of myth lore whatever you want to call it, legend. What did you think of this conversation between Bo and, um, and I can't remember Sasha's char- uh, character's name. It's um, Casca. Yes. Casca. Um, what did you think of that dialogue between them? I mean, it kind of, it, for me, it just, it f- fell in line with my worldview that like, it, you know, Almec didn't think that Django was a real Mandalorian and, and it would, you know, it makes sense that like, they just have different a difference of opinion about like what constitutes um you know uh true mandalorian just like just like the children of the watch do and if we if we look at uh the eu um jango was fighting for a different like group of mandalorians than what bo-katan would have been fighting for if she was in that war like they they would have been so it makes sense that they would have differing opinions and i think at this point if Boba ever did care, he obviously doesn't care now. He's just like, you know, it doesn't. Like I'm old. Yeah. I've been yeah. in a car like that. I'm over this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm not trying to be anything here, lady. Like, you know. I saw, <laughs> you know? Um, I saw some people saying that this is him, like, rejecting the identity. It's like, see, he's not a Mandalorian. I'm like, no, this is a guy who is telling a lady who's being super rude to him. It's like, whatever. I just need to. We're just trying to get I'm not a Mandalorian. I just need mm-hmm. to leave. So. I, I don't think that's what this was. You, no. you know, I, I read it just like a little bit differently than that. I didn't think they were disputing um, Django so much as they were like... Because he's a clone. Because he's a clone. Being a yeah. clone. He doesn't like and he's clones. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think it was aimed at Django. really crappy about that. 
So I, I like I think they would accept Django as a Mandalorian because he was a mm-hmm. legit founding. They don't like clones. foundling. That's but kind of what I got like out a, of it too, and yeah. and I think Bo is like I've. And she says it. I've I've heard your voice a million times before. Like you're a clone. You're you're not. You know you're not of lineage. Which like per se, she which, was which kind which of. She's kind of she right and kind of not right about him being a clone because the clones kind of saved her ass like mm-hmm. in oh, season wow. seven of the Clone Wars just <laughs> right. a while ago. The thing that's like so interesting about Bo Katan is like she doesn't like anybody. <laughs> like she really only cares about getting the throne back, and that's like her singular drive. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just views Would- any Mandalorian as like potential competition. <laughs> Which I have some big questions about that that we get towards the end of the episode because that was a whole other thing that I was, I was like, about that. I'm super confused right now. It's just like the helmet lore all over again. I kind think of, that, yeah. I think that there are variations in the Mandalorian creed and who picks and chooses what they follow. Well, yeah. Because for a long time, people thought what was said before was hypocritical to what we've already previously learned, but that clearly isn't the, the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Bo-Katan herself has already just been gifted the Darksaber by correct. Sabine, though, so it's correct. weird that she would now be like... We're going straight there. Yeah, we're going straight there. So, so when we get to the well, end of the episode... I thought that's what we were talking about. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going <laughs> with it, but yeah, so let's let's get to the end of the episode. Like, Let's skip to that part real quick. Din clearly ends up with the dark saber and offers it back to her, and she says, "No, I, I can't take it." And well, Moff again, he knows nothing. Yeah, Look and, at that. and he's, he's just like, so "It's ignorant. a sword, so what?" So Moff Gideon explains, "No, she can't just take it from you. She has to basically challenge you for the right to lead and own the dark saber." Which, if you go back to Rebels season three, um, Heroes of Mandalore part two. Uh, Sabine Wren at the end of the episode clearly gives Bo-Katan the Darksaber. And she holds it up and she's leading the people and she accepts it. It, so well, begrudgingly a little bit in her defense. A little bit. Like she was power hungry. But, she but that's because she first, didn't want to be but, a ruler. Not because but, I don't think she didn't necessarily want it, but she just didn't want to be the ruler. Well, I think even because, before that, Ezra just gave it to Sabine, and Ezra just took it off mm-hmm. the table. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. nobody's actually right. defeated anybody for that thing since Maul beheaded, uh, uh, what's his name, Vizsla. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, pre Vizsla. So, uh, I, it, I don't know why that rule is now a little different think, than it was. Go ahead, Arzu. I have a theory: is that she got it from Sabine that one time, and she just took it from her, and then I guess ascended to a throne, started to rule Mandalore, lost the Darksaber, lost the throne, lost Mandalore, everybody scattered. So she probably in the wake of that is thinking that maybe there is some truth to this legend mm-hmm. that you have to win the the lightsaber, the Darksaber in order to rule Mandalore. And she's not going to make the same mistake twice because if she just takes it from Din again, then it's all going to, like she won't. It's a repeat. It's a repeat. She's going to lose her throne again. She's going to lose Mandalore again. So she she probably is buying into that a lot more than she did when Sabine gave it to her. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Okay. I agree. Could be. I mean, yeah. they're so Could superstitious. They're so superstitious. But super judgy about other people's superstitions. Very like, true. Those <laughs> right. helmet. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but you've got Not your to own get too real, too. but that's uh, sort of typical of quote superstitious people. <laughs> 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 
and I and I have no idea what uh, Boba said uh, to Casca, but it was essentially calling the kettle black. I can't. I yeah, don't yeah, have the was, saying, but he. It was essentially the same saying. Something That's something calling yeah. the kettle black, and it's like okay, well, it's the same thing here. Like, you know, you can't be. You're superstitious about the dark saber. You can't be superstitious. Of, you know, you can't be judgmental of somebody taking their helmet off or not taking their helmet off. So, um, but yes, that was probably one of the biggest questions that I was left with after this episode. I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know she took it from Sabine. Yes, maybe unwillingly, but she knew the people of Mandalore needed a leader. And she took it from her and was ruling Mandalore essentially for a short period of time uh, until she lost it clearly to Moff Gideon. We don't know when but uh, or how, but she clearly lost it to Moff Gideon. And now we're here where we're at. So, uh, but anyway, so now we get the we get uh, the Mando bunch. We get the Mando bunch team up here. We get we get Boba. We get uh, Din. We've got Casca, no axe, and we get Bo. Right. We get four Mandalorians: Fennec Shand, Cara Dune, and uh, Doctor Pershing. I'm like a bigger guy. Fennec Shand every single <laughs> oh, episode. I like her more. Literally, I love she's her so much. killer. <laughs> she's running through no scoping people again. She is a awesome yeah, shot she's a, she she literally dodged a blaster bolt yeah <laughs> she pigeonholed the one trooper behind the boxes too oh that my god i know impressive. i was like "Ooh, girl of my heart yes um and we're gonna have a, a lot more fennec shand coming up she's clearly gonna be in whatever the book of boba fett is i would assume <laughs> she's clearly going to be in clone wars uh i'm not gonna lie though i kind of missed the helmet the helmet was she's cool she's in that bad i like helmets show. yeah yep she's in yeah, that batch um so I, you know, I missed the helmet a little bit. I know she threw it at a trooper. I think in when they first kidnapped Grogu was that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she threw it at a trooper, so maybe she didn't get it back or it broke. But I kind of dig the helmet. So or maybe she was like, I need to really see what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one, I loved, 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 loved seeing the Starfighter gauntlet, live action Starfighter gauntlet with the wings up, sitting there. It was awesome to see. Um, they go on the ship clearly and they kind of start talking about the ship and the plan and what they're going to do. Um, sometimes that stuff is like, uh, I feel like it's a spoiler. If you really know, like I knew we were about to see some Mandalorians when they landed at the, uh, at like at the dock, you know, because there's mm-hmm. their ship right there yep. before yep. they, yeah. Before oh, they ever even walked in, uh, which is awesome. I loved it, yeah. but, if you don't like really know what you're looking at, that you probably would have missed. Well, I mean, let's be real. We were all spoiled if we watched the intro because Bo-Katan yeah. was mm-hmm. in the intro. And I was like, Bo-Katan's going to be in today's episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was cool to see. And there's different, there's, I believe two different versions of that ship. There's that's the larger point. one, which has like a crew. Uh, and then there's smaller individual fighter versions of that same ship. So, um, she makes Every a good, good point about needs the one helmet, helmet and one non-helmet. So Fennec had to lose hers. Yep, very co- well, very she's, good. She's clearly got the sex appeal. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what hey, you want to see Tamara Morrison helmetless the whole uh-huh. time with his scarred up face? Really? Uh, yes. He doesn't even have beautiful. eyebrows. He's beautiful. <laughs> That's true. Maybe in the <laughs> next one he's got them like drawn on, like silent. <laughs> he's got like drawn on eyebrows. Um, so we we go from here, and then we get the jump to hyperspace. Right? We've got. Slave one following the Lambda class shuttle through oh, hyperspace. Cool. Beautiful shot right here. On cue. Yep. Um, Josh, quick with the pictures as always. I can't um, tell what some of them are. So if you if I put the wrong one up, that's why. 
<laughs> but this was a cool shot. Here we get our, our you know, a classic uh, Lambda-class shuttle that's a, a former Imperial ship used for uh, usually, usually like r- driving around dignitaries, uh, Imperial dignitaries. And in this case, Dr. Pershing, when they first captured it, here we've got our um, classic Trojan horse, right? Where ship's coming in hot, we're being attacked, Slave One's right on their heels. Um, you know, we get some great banter between uh, Boba Fett and Bo as she's piloting the the shuttle. Uh, you know, she's basically, you know, make those blaster bolts look real. He says, don't worry about me, princess. Uh, and he calls her princess a few times, yep. which I think is funny because yep. she was like the ruler of Mandalore. Yeah. I, I, just to go back to the I, something I wanted to say earlier. Sorry. I always do this. I know. Um, some of yeah, that banter the between them. I know. <laughs> some of that banter between them felt like personal that they just didn't like each other too so yeah, that would be why they were talking shit so anyway, they definitely well. did not like each other no um so but the banter continued on the ship but it, there's a little bit of respect there too i think because you know he, before they really kind of drop out of hyperspace he tells her to be careful in there um well, it's, uh it's a it's not totally different than uh han always calling leia your worship and all that you mm-hmm. know Yep. And he says, or she says, watch out for the deck cannons. And he says, don't worry about me. Just be careful in there. Um, so there's a little bit of respect and concern there. They understand they're on a very, um, they're on a very uh, drastic mission here that could go either way. So, um, you know, they jump out of hyperspace. They start launching TIE fighters to go rescue them. I love seeing the hangar uh, with them deploying the TIE fighters. You got some great close up shots. You got more TIE pilots. Um, that uh, was this fantastic. Is like a pretty good strategy, but here I have a question about this. Like, I get mm-hmm. why you're going to basically plug the hole so we can't send out more TIE fighters, but if you're going in to storm the ship anyway, and the guy chasing you is going to hyperspace away, like, like, why don't you just let all the TIE fighters go and there's less people in the hangar? Yeah, I don't know. That's, I guess that's they why they needed me. Well, and she—I thought she told him to go to a different hangar, right? Didn't and you tell him to, like, and she was like, "Nope, I'm going in this one because that's where all your Tie Fighters are coming out from." But well, um, yeah, that was part of their plan. Yeah, to, was, to jam we'll it go up in here to jam it up. But like, yeah. I don't understand why they wanted to jam it up necessarily. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, maybe more than two Tie Fighters chasing Bobo would have been a problem. Like he maybe, maybe he wouldn't have been able to get away. That's yeah. true. I was worried. I was like, if they touch one hair on his head, on Boba's, no, you don't have any hair on that. On. <laughs> he bald. Um, yes, yes, uh, and we're we're about to get more Tamara Morrison as well. So this was super super cool. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time as she's like bringing this Bit thing of a in. Rocky landing. Yep, I was waiting on the wings to get clipped as she was coming in. Uh, you know, and then they kind of get in there, and even the stormtroopers are like, "What the hell are you doing?" And and they just come out blasting and shooting here. Now, I so they they waste all these troops, and this is I will say this: this is one thing that I absolutely love. Right? So here we clearly have four female characters in Star Wars leading the charge in this attack, and it is a, a purposeful, driven attack like that moves the story forward right they even get trained though i want to know kyle i'm gonna drive to ohio (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'll show you training. Uh, but this was kidding. it was it was very. I would I want to say it was almost Avengers. It was, uh, a, it was yeah, it Avengers was, done right. It was awesome. yes, exactly. Thank you, Maggie. That's exactly right. It was Avengers done right, where we have these strong female leads leading the charge to purposefully move the story forward. Whereas in Avengers, the story was already moving forward, and we pulled them together for like. I felt who, this way a too. A moment. Who has seen Boys? The TV show Boys on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. They I they. Have. They mocked the Avengers team up. Oh, with they, their, they mock their, a lot of oh, the they boys. They, the had, boys? they had all their female characters. Stuff. They okay. had all the female characters team up to fight. And mm-hmm. it was like done really well. And yes. this was done even better than that. Like yes, this felt natural. Yeah. And I agree that that's actually why the third Mandalorian was was missing. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like blow it for this scene. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I I would agree. Yeah. Uh, It was cool to see, though. I mean, they're leading the charge, clearly adept uh, at their fighting skills, at their shooting skills. Uh, Awesome. Awesome to see. Just decimating stormtroopers. What's that? I just realized I like the Avengers. They actually all know each other. Mm -hmm. That too. None of them have ever had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But they've all like they coordinated. They're like, we're going to do this. And so that's another reason. Yeah. There's an actual plan. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was done right. It, it was it was had, so cool they to see. All had motivation. They were all there for mm-hmm. a reason. They weren't just like there for a gif. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So awesome to see that. Now awesome the anti-Marvel show. I don't know if um, you guys knew that. <laughs> well, it, 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 let's be honest. This episode had a very Marvel feel to it, and the reason I say that is because the ending of it, ending on the happy ending, had a very Marvel feel to it. The post-credit scene. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time in any Star Wars that we have had a post-credit scene. Am I correct? I can't think of any other. I we didn't have any in Rogue One. We didn't have any in Solo. Wait, did we have one in Solo? Uh, Solo Solo had yeah. Solo had one. Solo had one. Well, when he goes back and he finds um, yeah Darth Maul. Oh, um, well, that was at the end of the movie, though, wasn't it? Or was that the post card? I'm pulling up to see. Oh just... yeah, when they went and did uh, the the card game again with Land. Yeah, I thought that one. was like a post credit one. That's during the movie. And the the mall one was during a movie too. Yeah, it was so, all during. The... So if if I'm not mistaken, this is the first post credit scene we've seen, right? Which is very Marvel esque. They do that all the time in the Marvel movies. They give you that post-credit scene. Yeah, lots of people do it now, but this is the first Star Wars post-credit scene that we got with Boba Fett and Fennec taking out uh, Fat Bib Fortuna. He has put on a couple pounds. No judgment. Just spade a spade. He has has gotten a little large. uh, His Montreal rap is a little... Fat tuna. But I'm... Did did he say McClunky in there? Did anybody else catch no, that? I, I was told he did. I did it. not hear it on either of you. I, I put the subtitles on and I tried to like watch it and it just says speaking Huttese. It doesn't say <laughs> what he's actually saying, but I swear he says we quay and then he's talking to him and then he says something McClunky. I swear he said it. I'm not I, I'm not delirious. I swear he said it. But go back, watch it and listen. But I'm glad we watched that whole sequence again. But yeah, so turn over again. <laughs> Mira so, says he said it. Yep, see? I heard it. I heard it. He said McClunky. To be um, honest, Alan I had, uh, confirms. I had finished the episode. I came into our group chat 
Arzu said I was too chill. So then I went back and I, I missed the post credit because, you know, Star Wars doesn't do that. And then I was still just like two hours of speechlessness. So I did not hear this. Yeah. Uh, there was also no artwork at the end of this show. That's why um, I stopped watching the credits. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's no. There was artwork. no, um, you know, drawing boards or, or any of the artwork that, that we normally get. So that was very different too. Um, I, on, oh, I only thought because I was like sitting there in shock and I didn't stop it. So because I didn't stop it, then I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> yeah. My mom stopped it. Cause she was, she's used to like ending it before the, the, the pictures and stuff at the end. Yeah. And Josh, pull that picture up. Let's see that again. Oh, it's, that is so cool. I love them so much. That is she's such so, a cool. And she's got the spotchka. What? While we're talking about this, thank goodness there was some chubby Gamorrean guards again. I did not like that skinny Gamorrean. <laughs> I'm still not over that. Gave you nightmares, huh? I didn't care for it, man. It wasn't for me. Um, yeah, it was such a cool scene. And like, if Fennec, if Fennec comes down first and she just takes everybody out, right? She frees the captured Twi'lek, um, which is apparently a very popular uh, dancer in Jabba's palace. Um, I feel like they're that's like, all they ever they're, capture. They're, <laughs> They're human trafficked a lot. The twins. I feel so yeah, bad for Twilight. Yes, they are. They are. Human, it's in but... one of the. It's in one of the books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Lords of the Sith. They're they're trafficked. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Yeah, um, there's like they they're in Twilight bathhouses and they're like it's weird. Strippers <laughs> it's not cool. Stuff. It is a little weird. Yeah, it's not cool. Um, but you know, Fennec comes down and she she basically caps everybody, uh, and then frees the Twilight yeah, and just gives her nice. the nod, get out of here. Uh, and then we got we got Bib Fortuna there, just kind of in shock as Boba's coming down the stairs. Uh, I loved it when he walks up to him and he's like, "Boba, I heard rumors," <laughs> and it was kind of like what we all felt about Boba for the last couple years. Is just like, well, maybe he's doing this, and this is a rumor, and maybe he's doing this because we had no idea. So here's here's Bib going, "Oh, Boba, you're alive! I heard rumors. Boba, I didn't know." Man. Yeah, trying to like. <laughs> I th- I thought Bib died on the ship. I'll be honest. I thought he was on the sail barge. Apparently he was not. Died. I, I mean, thought I mean, everybody died. Whole, there's a whole party going on. Yeah. He was not with Jabba on the sail barge now, though. So that's very interesting. Uh, and Bib was played by Matt Wood. Anybody else catch that? It was Matt Wood uh, playing Bib Fortuna. So that was awesome to see. Um, but anyway, so let's get back to our heroes, right? We've we've got our, our four strong female leads. Heroes. I'd rather keep talking about you want to keep. Oh, there he is. <laughs> um, I, I did love Fennec just kind of looking around and then she reaches down and grabs that spotchka and just kind of puts the rifle on her hip like this. Yeah, and she's got this drink nice, in hand. Yeah. Might, she's must like be a nice adult beverage if it's kept right there in the throne room. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what grief cargo was drinking when he thought they were going to die too. So it's blue and glowy. You know, what's I'd have been more impressed. The most unexpected part of 2020 was me being like, I'm going to rewind this scene of Boba Fett and watch it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watching anything Things you with never Boba thought Fett would happen. is my most unexpected 2020 moment. Like yeah. being excited about Boba Fett was unexpected. And, and it's awesome because you've got Welcome like a life. Book. Yes, Josh is a lifelong fan of Boba Fett. Oh, and right. he is just like, sound like a 40 year old uh, Phantom Menace person. <laughs> he is just loving this because all of these new fans Wait, are now like, are, are you not Boba a lifelong cool. fan of Boba Fett, though? That's like accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. I'm, I was never one Don't. of those. He's never my hill to die on. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's again we we called our last episode we called our last podcast validated right because 
that I think after that episode with with Boba when when the child gets taken is validation for a lot of Boba Fett fans out there that have believed that he is this badass character that everybody's just like, no, he's not. He got Captain Empire by a faulty jetpack. Like, I think that was the validation. Until two weeks ago, that was true. Let's be honest. So I think, yeah, so that validation (laughs) is there. It's very real now. And and I think, you know, Josh is just like loving all this. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yes, uh, Boba Fett is cool. Boba Fett is really cool. And he's not just a dude in cool armor. He actually has done stuff that's pretty badass. So, um, but let's get back to our four female leads making their way through the ship, basically just decimating stormtroopers left and right. Um, yes, uh, we had that awesome scene on the ramp with the open um, hangar bay below that just kind of falls into space, and uh, they use the jetpacks to kind of like dive off the edge. Uh, you know, Kara and Fennec take out the troops in front. And then there's like six that come up behind. And then all of a sudden these, the two Handalorians fly back up and take out the six behind them. So a well-oiled machine is what I would call this because they just, I, I don't ran through any troops that were in their way. Now I have a question. I'm going to go to Arzu. Um, yes. So while they're doing this, Din is like strolling off the ship, just kind of walking with his blaster in his hand. They've clearly like decimated all of these people. Did you think that at this point he's going a little slow or was he doing the right tempo? Part of their plan. I think it was the right tempo because I think he was sort of waiting to make sure that they'd cleared everything. So if he rushed ahead, Mm -hmm. he doesn't know what he's running into and he's by himself. That's why I think he was taking it a bit slower just to make sure that, you know, the A team over there kind of takes care of everything and then he can just go, go get his son. And, and they were going in two different directions. They were going to, towards the bridge. He was going towards the brig, right? But I think the thing is if they make enough noise, because that's how the mm. empire thinks everybody's going to run towards them, like towards, yeah. I guess they were going to the bridge. So everybody's going to run towards the bridge and they'll get out of his way anyway. Mm. And he wouldn't have anything to deal with. So I think yep. that's why he was going at the speed he was. And Tiernan, you're exactly right. No guardrails again. Again, Empire doesn't care about your your work safety. They just care about doing stuff. So uh, that walkway, the stormtrooper gets blasted. He falls off and j- just out into space. So he's gone. Um, but as he's kind of walking through, right, trying to trying to wait, make his way to the prison cell there, um, it's evident, though, because as soon as Moff Gideon realizes what's happening, when that ship crashes in, he activates the dark troopers. And it takes them a few minutes to kind of start up. Oh, look at that. Mm. Killer screen grab. Hot toys. Hot Bye. toys. I'm going to need this ASAP. Oh, like, yes. Sell it, I'm sure. They're absolutely terrifying. Oh. Can so, I just talk about the, the immense joy I felt when they were like their third generation dark troopers? And I was just like, oh, yes. they're, they're so screwed. <laughs> which which is very, it's that's different than what was in Dark Forces. In Dark Forces, they started as droids. But then they went to clones with um, powers, with force powers. That was the whole premise was trying to get them to be shielded, heavily shielded, but also have force powers. Um, and that was where, you know, Kyle Katarn comes in and obviously wrecks the whole thing. Um, but Killer this was Star opposite. This is the third generation and they are droids. And, and Dr. Pershing basically says that's where the error was, was because we were using people in the suits. Like, it was too fallible. 
So we went yeah. with droids, and you can't they, – they're infallible. They're, they're just built killing machines. Um, I thought in the beginning when he finally gets to the cell, when Din finally gets to the cell, right – and they're already starting to walk through. And this is why I say I think he was walking a little too slow at that point because I'm like, dude, like, hustle it up a little bit. Like, they told you a couple minutes and, like, he's just casually strolling. He gets to the cell. One of them's already starting to come out. And that thing just pulverizes him. Pulverized you, have, you have to know that Din, like, after Luke left, he was probably like, so did, did anybody speak? Because I still can't hear. Like, my head is still <laughs> ringing. Right, right. Like he's at the, at that point, he's like, uh, I'm not crying. I have a concussion and <laughs> I really need some rest right now. But he was just pounding him in the helmet. It wasn't doing anything to the helmet, but the wall behind him clearly got a nice indentation of the backside of Din's helmet. An indentation of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's getting pounded by this thing. So finally whips out the Beskar spear, uh, does a classic droid move of, you know, sticking it in the neck and then decapitating him and that ends ends the uh, dark trooper he gets over to the rest of them the rest of the platoon and they're all and they're all pounding at the door and he jettisons them into space when you said classic droid maneuver i thought hit the nose <laughs> <laughs> it was close hit the neck <laughs> he was like oh we'll just decapitate this and see what happens and uh, I loved it though. He lights him on fire at one point, and the droid just kind of like Stares looks at him. at him, like, "Are you serious right now?" And just continues well, to wail on him. It flame up a little bit, but mm-hmm. then it just like, yeah. I like that the whistling bird didn't on work on it either. Nope, there wasn't anything that worked on it. So they, and it threw him around like a rag doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, and, didn't wait? Didn't Moff Gideon comment on the whistling birds? Yes. Yeah. 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 So now suddenly there's only one. For this, the well, entirety of this whole series, there's infinite whistling birds, and I now forget. there's only one. Well, so I assume yes. a one a day. You got <laughs> whenever he gets back. It's got to recharge. Hey, I'm just saying, he doesn't even have the razor crest anymore. Yeah. Doesn't have his refill cartridges. But it, she, I mean, she's right. Like in every episode that he's used it, he only uses it one time, and once they're gone, they're gone. What, he and can't then, carry like the a, next a episode, pack in his pocket or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they like. Well, I mean, they're like this tiny. He's got to like load every one of them in there. It just takes time. I can't What's hear that? you, Arjun. I'm so, sorry. I'm like, he doesn't even lock the door to the Razor Crest when he leaves. He just leaves it open, so he's not thinking about carrying refills with him. Right. He's and not him, thinking. He period. Thoughts. It's like a common. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, Moff Gideon knows that. He knows he already fired it when he gets there. So, um, but he he expels the dark troopers. They go flying onto the space. Um, you know, he then moves on to uh, the cell. We get our hero. You know, our team of four, um, the 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 Mando bunch. They're up in the cockpit at this point, or they're on the bridge. Uh, and there's no Moff Gideon. They're a little shocked. And at that point, did anybody else know? Like at that point, like oh, he's in the cell with the kid. I did by that? because I made the connection that when they were flying in and she was calling, um, we voice. need an emergency landing. He was making this weird face and he mm-hmm. was thinking, and I think he knew then that it was Bo-Katan because they know each other and they've had these types of discussions before. I was like, so. why didn't you mm-hmm. have like Finnick talk over the radio? Why, why was it Bo-Katan? I was like, girl, you, we know your mm-hmm. voice. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. wasn't the greatest decision. But again, these characters don't think things through, which, I mean, if they did, there would be no story, so... Sean says, Din is the guy who leaves his keys in the ignition after parking and going for a Starbucks. And then he walks outside and he's like, who stole my car? Oh, right, right. Where's my car? He's like holding his latte like, huh, what happened? Shows up 15 minutes late to the work meeting with a coffee cup. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Candace. He is a himbo. He is a himbo. himbo. Thank God he's pretty, huh? Uh, He had a real himbo moment here in a few minutes. So we... So we get this awesome confrontation between Din and Moff Gideon, finally. And he kind of goes into a little bit of explanation about the Darksaber here. Um, did, was anybody buying Moff Gideon no. when just, he said, no, ah, just like when he says, all I want is the kid, you know, he's like, I already got what I want from him. Here's how I, I knew what was blood. going to happen. Because Bo-Katan talked to him about the Darksaber and was like, the only thing that it can't cut through is Besker. So our resident resident himbo was like, I'm wearing pure Besker. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm just going to walk in there. It's going to be chill. (laughs) And I was like, why are you even... I'm like, he's just charging in. Like, yeah, he said he's not going to attack. So I guess he's not going to attack. But if he He knows it's not going to cut through, he doesn't care. I mean, he's like, uh, like, dude, don't turn your back on him. Like, walk sideways a little bit or something, and be like, "All right, I got the kid." <laughs> he's he's not, a, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not very right. smart. I was like, dude, what are you doing? So uh, we get this In awesome. Defense, he also just got his head hit a few times. Very awesome. true. Very true. Maybe he was not thinking clearly and he just went. I he believe Moff Gideon. I'll take him at his word because he really he's done that with most everybody else to this point. Very so why not? Um, so we get this epic duel though between the dark saber and the Beskar, the pure Beskar, and and I love this because this is a great picture. You can clearly see like it can't cut it right away, but you see it heating up. So just like most lightsabers, when there's thicker metal, and you kind of yeah, and I, I asked about through, that on the Ahsoka episode. If, yes, you know, over time, would it be able to cut through? And it looks like you know, maybe. had he been able to force into it, maybe he could have melted it over yeah. if they had a chance, you know. Can I just talk about this moment for like a yeah, second? Go ahead, man. I was so nervous. Like for anyone who's watched Game of Thrones, you know that a <laughs> someone yeah. does not have a great track record with dueling um with a more powerful person while wielding a spear. And I was like it's going to be okay. It's got to be okay. It's got to be okay. And there was a few times that I was like <sighs> Look away, look away. I literally, I was just like, this is so stressful. I was like trying to eat my egg sandwich. I'm like, this is too stressful. At least he definitely wasn't getting his head crushed this time. He almost did. No, but somebody tried to to crush his head in. And I'm like, thank God he has a helmet on this time. (laughs) He, I mean, he was, I I was surprised. He was pretty fluent with the spear. Like he had clearly been trained on how to fight uh, with something like a staff. So he knew what he was doing um, and didn't have any issues disarming uh, Moff Gideon, which I thought was awesome. Um, where, where was it here? Uh, uh, Mira says he has the faith of a child. Din, that is to what most everyone tells him. And I think, I think you're right to a certain point. He takes their word and has a little bit of faith that they're going to follow through with their word. And I think, you know, in some cases he's, been right and in other Even cases though, he's like, been burned oftentimes that's hmm. not 
the case. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. So, you know, we have this epic clash, and then the next thing we see is Moff Gideon, and he says, what does he say? You're leaving, you're keeping me alive. Huh. This should be interesting. <laughs> and at that point, you know, he's just like, all right, this is cool. Like, let's, let's play this out. Like, it's totally fine. Like, well, he take- knows what's about to happen with that dark saber yep. when they walk and meet Bo Katan. Yes. He was too pleased with that. He is so smart. So smart. And I like, he even said, like, before he even walked in there, and that, that's what I'm trying to figure out is how he knew he had already expelled the whistling birds. So I don't know if, like, is he getting fed information from, like, security cameras or where, how did he know that? Does or did he just, like, look at his arm? Fires or no? Go ahead, Arzu. What? No, does it look different after he fires them? Like, I don't know. Can you visually? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe but he, he knew. I ass- I assumed he heard them. Oh, that could be because they do make that whistling sound, and they were right outside the yeah. cell. I will yeah. say the fact that Gideon seems to consistently be one step Big ahead time. of them, and so does seem to know a lot. I feel like there is a, a much deeper backstory that we just haven't gotten yet about mm-hmm. Gideon. Because he definitely seems like there's more to him than meets the eye. Oh, totally. And, or he's still the magic player watching. I think the only the only thing that he did not know was the end and what was going to happen. That was the only thing that caught him off guard, and he was he just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, that was the only that was the only thing he was not, I think, prepared for that threw him off because he he knew it was. He's like, "Dude, this is going to be a a really fun fight, but I'm going to live." The kid's going to live. Y'all are going to die because dark troopers are going to come in here and wreck you. He did not factor in the one thing that could save them all. But before we get there, before we get there. So Mando leads a handcuffed Moff Gideon back to the bridge. Wielding. Holding, wielding the dark saber. I've like, never been more attracted to Nin Jaren than I was in this moment. <laughs> like, bro, like I, I'm and pretty sure great. at this point he's handcuffed. You probably don't need the sword out. But, but it's a pool of facts. <laughs> Come on. Okay, but but we just, just got it. This is such a power move here. <laughs> yes. Like, get you a man that will carry a baby and wield the Darksaber while leading a prisoner. Like, this right here. This is what yep. women want. <laughs> He's also Take not notes. that bright. He probably just didn't know how to turn it off. He turned <laughs> it off later. Well remember, he when he, <laughs> well, remember when he disarmed Moff Gideon, it turned off. I was kidding. Yeah, so he turned it on. Jeez, somebody sell a joke (laughs) for one. But Maggie, yes, you are absolutely right. Um, You are absolutely right, though, because this was also um, at the end of the Solo movie. A lot of people asked when Darth Maul, like, well, he's talking to Kira, and then he stands up and he ignites his lightsaber. Why did he do that? That's a power move. He's just basically saying, I'm in charge. Look at me. And I think that's what he's doing when he's leading Moff Gideon down the hall. He's like, ha, ha, ha. You think you're so badass. I got your sword. Now what are you going to do? Like, you've lost. What are you going to do? And that's a power move. That was a total power move on his part. That's literally not how jokes work. (laughs) There's a kernel of truth in every joke. (laughs) A kernel. So nothing here. The kernel of truth was that he's dumb. Oh, it does dumb things. <laughs> so he walks in. He's got this dark saber open. Uh, Bo is 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 you know 
clearly confused at this point. Um, you know, Tiernan says it right there. Bo Bo-Katan's face when she saw the saber was so damn funny. She was confused. She's like, wait a minute. What just happened here? Like, Well, she was like, I specifically said, guys, I'm the one who does this. Like, mm-hmm. She made a very clear point about it. And then Din rolls up like, hey, I got your sword. Hey, guess what? Yeah, I, I did yeah. you this favor. Yeah, no. And Coast, Coast, did you notice Coast goes over there like, Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I guess I don't know what did she expect to happen, uh, and and she didn't know where Moff Gideon was. In fairness, she had no idea where he was. So when he walks in with Moff Gideon, I think that's kind of what took her by surprise. Like, oh crap, he was really down in the cell, right? And he's been playing us this whole time, and that's I think she expected him to like show up with him wielding the dark saber. Which clearly didn't happen. And like, what is what is Din gonna do? Like, here, you hang on to this. Let's go ahead and walk up to the bridge together. I'll just point my spear at your back the whole way. Like, no, he's gonna take his weapon, so he can't use it against him. So I don't, I don't know what she expected to happen there. The interesting thing is that like Moff Gideon clearly orchestrated that to cause further division between two Mandalorians, which I thought was an interesting choice. But I also thought when um, Gideon brought up the fact that they're like, they're probably on the bridge right now murdering everybody. Like they're all murderers. I was like, dude, literally at the beginning of this episode, you had someone bragging about blowing up 1 million people on Alderaan. Like get over yourself. (laughs) Which that was an interesting conversation too. The uh, the ty- the lambda class pilot that was um, coaxing, uh, let's say coaxing Kara to blast his face off. So yeah, he basically uh, begged her to do it. Yeah, he kind of begged her to do yeah. it. I don't know what he thought he was going to get out of that deal, but um, well, you know, shot in uh, the face is what I thought he was going to get. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah his uh his uh little hostage scenario was very short lived so um ron howard her day just got worse, <laughs> just got worse. <laughs> um yeah so you know and, and at this point this gets us back to where we kind of were at the beginning of tonight's show where moff gideon goes into the explanation that you know oh she wants the dark saber and he's like well here go ahead take it i don't want it like this is stupid i just want the kid and she won't take it. And he says, well, it basically has to be earned through right of challenge. And meaning she's got to fight you for it. And he's like, oh, here, I yield. You take it. And she still won't take it. She's looking like, at ah. him. Like she's trying to calculate whether or not she could just like take him down right then and there. Like mm-hmm. you can see it in her eyes. Like I really My opinion that. is that she definitely could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think there was a part of her that was wondering if he did it on purpose? Probably. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. she's, she's so driven by her desire and mm-hmm. we've seen her do less than honorable things to get what she wanted. Um, that I definitely think that she thinks that he's smarter than he is. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. realize he's a himbo. I think, I think Bo is very much a do it herself kind of person too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, when Obi-Wan's getting on the craft to leave Mandalore after Duchess had passed away, uh, Kyle, Ooh. what what is it? She she tells him um, Mandalore will survive. Uh, well, he's he's he says to send the re- they're asking for help from yeah. the Republic. And he says, well, if we get the Republic, they're going to take over. And he said, yeah, they'll they'll take over. But Mandalore mm-hmm. will survive. We always survive. Yeah. And I I don't think she was super keen on having the help at the end of Clone Wars. She did it, but 
I think begrudgingly need, wanted that help. Otherwise, they weren't going to take Mandalore back from Maul. Um, and here again, I think, you know, when he says Moff Gideon has the kid, she's like, well, you're never getting him back. But yet she's looking for Moff Gideon, clearly. Like, so I think she was like, no, 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 we're not going to, you know, we'll get him at some point. We don't need your help. Um, so here again, when Din offers up the saber, I think she's like, I don't want to just take it willingly. I want to fight for it. Like, that's her MO, her mantra. Like, she doesn't want anybody's help. She doesn't want assistance. I think she wants to do it on her own or at least uh, Mandalore to be like on their own. So, um, but she refuses and he, and Moff Gideon basically says, ah, but the story is the thing that carries weight, not necessarily her having the dark saber. It's how she got the dark saber. Right. And, and that's, that's where I wonder if sort of what you guys were saying earlier will come into play. Like, uh, when Sabine gave her that dark saber, what if she wasn't truly able to unite the Mandalorians because there was this big section of them that were like, well, yeah, you have the dark saber, but uh, this girl who's a teenager and a lot of us think is kind of a traitor just handed it to you and somebody just handed it to her and it was never, it was just stolen off a table. It wasn't really earned. And uh, she's like, well, we're not going to do it that way again. You know, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Ours, you hit it right on the head with that. Mm-hmm. I, was like, yep. do, I don't remember this because my rebels memory is a little fuzzy, but do the Mandalorians know that Ezra just found it and gave it to Sabine? Like, do they know that extent or as far as they are concerned, Sabine had it for whatever reason and just gave it to her. Uh, I don't think that it's ever like specified mm-hmm. that they anybody knows how Sabine got it. Like we we know how Sabine got right. it, and the Ghost Crew yeah. knows how she got it, but I don't know. But like the Mandalorians don't know any of that. I mean, I'm sure somebody would have asked, right? Like I think I'm it would have come up. It would have come up at some point, but I don't too. know. Yeah, like I if she know. lied about how she got it from Sabine, and then then she lost Mandalore, and she's like, mm. "Well, I can't just take this and then go back and be like, I won it," because that continues the cycle, and that does the same right. thing yeah. again. Yeah. And, and maybe I think, Sabine shows up next season, and we'll get some uh, explanation on all this stuff. No, oh, that'd be nice. I know somebody that would make really happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was very interesting because at the end of that episode in Rebels, you know, when she's holding up the saber in that moment, um, you know, as she walks down that ramp, she does get the backing. She gets the backing of House Wren. She gets the backing of Clan Rook. She gets the backing of. Um, you know, uh, what was a uh, Fen Rao's group, basically. Uh, I can't remember protectors. The, the protectors. Um, thank you. Um, she gets like, they basically all confirm. Yes, we're behind you. Um, you know, so it, it's very interesting to see like, okay, we go from that moment to this one. Well, and those were I, the people we saw too. That wasn't every single house no. and clan of Mandalorians. So. No. And, and one of my good buddies, Mike uh, brought it up today. He's like, so basically Mandalore's like Scotland. And I'm like, yeah, kind of, it's just a b- bunch of different families, basically like all kind of in fighting a little packs, bit yeah. with jetpacks and yeah. really cool blasters and fighting skills. I mean, you know, yeah, so yeah. I was like, he's right. Um, yes. Yeah, it's kind of like Scotland. Slightly so. less soccer. Yeah, yeah, and less red hair. We don't know that. Don't all have reddish hair. You know, I don't know that. You're right. <laughs> Maybe is that a big sport on Mandalore? Is soccer some know. version Maybe of they it? Golf. I don't know. They seem like rugby people. Ooh, yeah, I could see that. True. They do have football in Star Wars. They it do? was those droids in uh, Stop in it. the prequels playing football. Yeah, I've had some I've had about some form of, of it. Don't they have so- <laughs> soccer's in 
Star Wars as well, I think. It might I think be. There's like kids playing it in the background of something. I remember a post or something. Mm-hmm. Any kid anywhere in any galaxy, you hand them a ball, they'll kick it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Soccer is a universal game. I'm not just biased because I used to play in college. Like soccer is a universal game. Hey, so did yeah. I. All right. <laughs> so so we get this awesome confrontation and, and at this point, warning sirens start going off. Here come <laughs> Dark Troopers part two. Great. Now I'm imagining Din in a kilt. so we get we get dark troopers part two where you know we've got incoming uh how many life forms none um yep there we go love those those eyes um and the dark troopers are a well-oiled machine they have caught up with the ship uh, they fly back in through the hangars, the open hangars, um, and they start their approach towards the the cockpit. And at this point, Moff Gideon's feeling pretty good about himself. Y'all are going to die. I'm going to live. Kid's going to live. Unhappy ending for you. Uh, but then, you know, and, and I, I was on the edge of my seat when the dark troopers are right there at the door just punching it repeatedly. So and that's and I love the the music for the Dark Troopers. Anybody else like I got this Skrillex vibe, yes. right? And I was like, dude, I was like, I'm waiting for this to drop any I minute now. Like, I yes. And I was like, this music. <laughs> and it was really in the first scene when they were like powering up, like when he first turned them on, like that's where it was like the best. Um but anyway, so they're they're I didn't on really this. understand like the science behind that, but I really did like the powering up sequence. It yeah. It was very cool. Like they're in kind of like the cold storage thing and they have to yeah, like, like, take a couple minutes to cycle up. Yeah. I don't know why we can't just power them up and have them be on, but like, of course yeah, said that's they fine. Can't be. It looked cool. Yeah. Cause they draw, they draw too much power. I think is what but he they, said. So they, they have to they turn power them off. up and then they unplug. Like, it's not like they just stay plugged <laughs> into the wall the whole time. We don't know the it. science behind them. Let's trust yeah. the scientists here. The scientists told us. I believe, I believe him. I just don't understand it. Kyle uh, believes science <laughs> i believe i just don't understand that's all i said Are you calling I Kyle get it. Denier? i'm not <laughs> i'm a, uh, this is a house of learned doctors guys <laughs> god uh tiernan you're right uh the power up scene was something else uh mira if you don't have a drink in hand already um you're missing out because everybody should have their pond water or uh, whatever you're drinking uh, with us. So please, please, please grab something and get I'm back alive. to us. Um, it's important to stay hydrated. But here, here, like the tension is just running hot right at this point. Like I'm on the edge of my seat because they're just pounding this door in and they're all standing around, guns drawn, and you get another incoming. And <laughs> you get, what is it? Oh, it's an, it's a, you see it flying across the top. It's just one X-Wing fighter and Karis. Who, who knew what it was when we saw just one X-Wing? I mean, unless I, it's Trapper Wolf coming to save the day. I thought it was, thought it was Carson Teva coming back. Oh. Really? Carson? <laughs> For half a second, I'm like, without Trapper Wolf, why are you here by yourself? And <laughs> right. then answer, I'm like, oh, that's not them. Yep. I will say my mom literally turned to me and she went, it's Mark Hamill. <laughs> Just as soon as she saw the X movie, mm-hmm. she's like, Mark Hamill. <laughs> and when you, when you go back and you watch it on the second watch, once it starts to pull in the hangar bay and you see the security camera, you can see the astromech sitting in the top. Um, I didn't catch it on the first glance because it was, it was short. And I'm like on the edge of my seat, just in the moment. But when you go back and watch it, you can see little, little R2 sitting in the top as it like comes in and lands but it was she goes oh great one one x wing we're saved and never uh, wanted to I, I knew they were yeah 
Yeah, it was at, at that point, like, I'm like, oh, here he comes. Here he comes. And I think it's a moment that a lot of people were hoping for. Uh, it was a moment that I, like me personally, I'd said, I want it to be a new character coming in that we didn't get spoiled over the summertime that, um, you know, it wasn't ruined for us, essentially. Do you know what I mean? And and we got it. And, and a lot of people, I think, were hoping it was Luke. A lot of people were hoping it was um, Ezra. Ezra. A lot of people would hope it was um, Cal. What's his name? Cal. Uh, Kestis, thank you. Um, or some other Jedi that I we don't know. I thought it would know. definitely be Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss. Some other Jedi that's out there that we don't know what their whole story is. I think a lot of people were hoping for that. Um, a lot of people were hoping for, for Luke. I know Chris, I think, was hoping for Luke. He basically called it. He said, Luke's going to show up. I hope Luke shows up. He called it. And and here comes Luke to save the day. And he got he, the... Go ahead. Yes. No, no, no. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, uh, he got right. the ultimate... Rogue One, badass just treatment. Like his daddy. Yes, oh, by far his best look. I was so oh, yes. And this, can this I? Awesome. Can ahead. I just say like I was definitely in the camp of not wanting Luke Skywalker, mm. and like just for no reason really, other than I was like I wanted it to be another Jedi. But the moment that Luke showed up, I was like, this is everything I could have wanted and more. Like it was just so good and mm. literally rendered me speechless. I was in the I was in the same camp. I was like actively against the idea of it being Luke Skywalker because I'm like anytime he shows up or we talk about him, Luke Skywalker pulls focus. So it no longer <laughs> be about anybody else in in the scene. It's it's all about Luke. But the second he shows up and the second I see like what he's doing, I'm like, no, feels good. feels organic. Like it felt so right. It yeah. makes sense. This is one of those things I didn't want that happened anyway. And I'm like, yes, I like yeah. this. Josh, go ahead. What do you got? Not, not so much that I didn't want it to be Luke. I just didn't expect it to be Luke. Cause I didn't know yeah, the, the uncertainty of how they might do that and make it mm-hmm. work. But at the same time, I, I think I was telling you guys in, and text uh, earlier, maybe it actually might have been Lauren Romo. I can't remember. I was texting with her this morning because I wasn't sure if anyone else had seen it, and I knew she had. So it's like, um, but like he is in universe. He's the one that makes the most sense because narratively speaking, yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 Grogu is reaching out on the Seeing Stone, doesn't it make sense that the most powerful living Jedi who is rebuilding the, the Jedi order, like in is actively looking for people is going to be the one that finds them. Of course, like, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and I, and I, I will say that I think that um, for all of my worry about them not being able to do Luke, right. If they did it, I think it was, I, I don't, I, I don't think anything is perfect, but I think like, I, I don't know that they could have done any better. Like this is yeah. just, it, really good. it just worked. Who yeah. else was worried though, about who was going to be under the hood? Cause I, yeah. I was like, please don't be Sebastian Stan. Please don't be Sebastian Stan. <laughs> I was so nervous. Was, my I, eyes were prepared to roll. Like they were braced and ready to go. But I like, yeah. I actually didn't mind the CG. It wasn't the best CG, but it, it was not great. But yeah, it was a- I agree. I'm yeah, glad they a- chose to keep him covered most of the time. And I yeah. think in the stills, it looked better than when he was talking. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but it, it was, it wasn't bad, especially for a TV show and for a short clip. I think it was, it wasn't bad. It was fine. It and it was more. I think this confirms that it's going to be like, this isn't going to become the Luke Skywalker show. They're going to use him once or twice like they did here. And that's going to be it because they don't, 
you know they don't want to draw the focus to the the not perfect cgi I mean, for no. all yeah i mean for like all of the oh they're just leaning into nostalgia they're just leaning into fan service like no this like legitimately works for this story makes um, sense. and also like i don't know maybe it's because i'm an expanded universe child but like it had to be luke like he's rebuilding the Jedi temple. Like I think a lot of, a lot of people's um, like disappointment and frustration comes from like knowing what happens with the Jedi temple, but we're still like 15 years out. And we're not getting 15 seasons of the Mandalorian. So like right. probably right. fine. Yeah. And also we have no idea what happens in that space. And a big problem people have with Luke later is that they don't know how he got to that point. Mm -hmm. So even, like I don't want to follow Luke for the next 15 years, but if if we get little sprinklings here and there of what happened to him, then right. then that might fill in some of those concerns mm -hmm. that people have. Yeah, Kyle, go ahead. Yeah, my biggest reason I because I was very much it's definitely not going to be Luke, but I thought it was a logistics thing. Um, like I think it's like you guys were saying, he definitely draws the focus. It's hard to bring any original trilogy character in without that being what it's about um and and i also felt like lucasfilm was probably trying to get away from the original trilogy a little bit and get out into newer stories where they mm -hmm. have a little more breathing room plus making a young mark hamill is problematic uh, i just didn't think they would do it i think it was a great decision yeah. and it worked out really well i i was just really surprised that they took that big swing yeah go ahead maggie and i was i was like joking with my mom earlier today i was like oh won't it be like really interesting if like Luke takes the child and then he's like, Oh, this child has some like dark tendencies. Like maybe, maybe I should like call his dad and be like, Hey, you should take your kid back. Like this isn't going to work. And then like 15 years later, Ben Solo happens and Luke is like, screw this shit. I'm going to Island. Can't do this anymore. Every kid just goes Man, dark. It happened again. He's stealing his blue milk from his like, table. Like we really add so many layers to it though, because I think that like, yes, that like what happened with Ben is obviously something that would spark somebody to go to, isolation but i think if it happened like multiple times that that adds layers to it that then on reflection and like going back and rewatching the sequel trilogy adds even more layers onto like what we already know yeah yeah josh go ahead like an so, onion so two things um when we're talking about the future and grogu and luke um this is just something i want to point out that you sent to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's classic then, Joey. I want to share I the one text I got from Tab while she was watching this. Um, and so, yeah, we got Luke. But who cares about Luke? We got this guy. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Love that. Um, and I'm convinced that he all those beeps and stuff was like, hey, man, I remember you from the temple. Yes. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. He remembers everything. Yep. What if um, what if R two D two is who saved Grogu? Well, that was that. So that's another big question, right? So we still don't know who saved Grogu from the temple or who took him. Somebody hid him, and then Maybe somebody he took him inside of the astromech. He was smaller then, and he just like went go. inside of him. Yeah. Also, he's I mean, Kenny Baker now. He, he, <laughs> no, he went in the little um, lightsaber holding area where they uh, shot out. Oh, right. He was like, hey, I, I hear my master's going to go crazy, so get inside, bud. Yeah, so I, so that's another big question, though, that, that left us kind of asking, well, okay, so maybe it was R2 that found him, or it was R2 that took him from the temple and rescued him. We, we, we know it's not Luke, right, at that point, so 
who the heck who the heck is it right so r2 seems like a logical choice that oh hey dude like yeah i remember you man you look a little older now like you're what 50 um you know and it was it was kind of cool to see that moment that was 50 yeah that was like jennifer aniston (laughs) that was probably one of the biggest surprises too was like luke was a huge shock right that that person that i that i was hoping for that would come on that wasn't spoiled for us over the summer here we get r2 rolling out behind him again Here's another person new into the Mandalorian world that we didn't get ruined in the summer or in this past week saying, oh, I heard a rumor that R2-D2 is going to be on the show. Yes, that's what makes the show fun. That's what makes it memorable to people is when these characters come out of nowhere and you're just in shock to see them. Um, but, it, you know, we get this. Uh, we get Luke cutting his way through through the Tark Troopers. Um, Pretty easily, I got to say. Uh, like it was, butter. yeah. Yeah, this was Luke... Um, I mean, maybe it was Tiernan that said it um, or Mira that said fully comfortable with his powers at this point. Um, just carving through dark troopers, not concerned at all. Um, yes. Thank you, Tiernan. Um, it was, it was beautiful to see. It was very much that uh, Darth Vader rogue one cutting through rebel troopers like Swiss cheese um, moment. That was, was awesome to see um, Luke fully realized a fully realized Jedi. Now, um, when he just crushes the one, oh, yes. oh my god, oh, yeah, the last Beautiful. one standing, yeah, because um, well, we don't get to see Luke being a fully realized Jedi very no. much, you know, no. a little and, bit in. in it gave me Battlefront flashbacks. Mm-hmm. That's very yeah, like when he's running, yeah, when he's running through and picking people. Yep, um, but you're you're right, Kyle. We don't we don't get that. We get a little bit of ROTJ, maybe in his fight with Vader at the end. Uh, maybe a little, a little bit on the skiff with with everything happening there. A little yeah, bit. Most of that happens in. I books, loved though. his wardrobe. His wardrobe <clears throat> was perfect. Yeah, the all black. I was just like, oh, that's, it's, that's it's his, his best outfit for if, sure. Really yeah, the all black. Yeah, and if if you didn't know it was him when he came in on the X wing, then when he draws the saber and he's got it out in the one hand, and you could see the hilt. If you didn't know it was him, then. Later on, you see one gloved hand, one non-gloved hand. If at that point you still didn't know it was him, you could then see you're his belt not buckle. This show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know much about Star Wars at that point, but you could see his belt buckle, and, and that is his ROTJ Jedi Knight outfit. What I liked was the fact that they showed you like a hint of the X-Wing, and then everything from mm. that point was being watched through the black and white security camera and mm-hmm. so you couldn't see what color his lightsaber was at first which like added to the suspense because like grogu's mm-hmm. there like ooh, a light like ooh. <laughs> Death. Like, ooh, kill kill <laughs> <laughs> grogu's going dark side kill them all like just he was so hey. into it He's like i like <laughs> that's how star wars part? works you it's can like, kill yeah. robots and not feel guilty about it very true very true what uh what about like what tambor <laughs> Is he like full he's robot more, or is he like organic? Is it? Okay. So yeah. if you kill his species, do you feel well, bad? I mean, I've always been wanting uh, to like see 3PO. So. That's a personal question, Justin. <laughs> Would you feel bad about killing Watt Tambor? I don't know. I, I mean, he is partially organic. Is he mostly man or mostly machine at this point? He's I don't more know. machine than man. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, Darth Vader is more th- machine than man. So, I mean, would I think you feel guilty a, about killing Darth Vader? I, well, I. I don't know that I have the capability of killing Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, well, if you if you train with Luke, uh, then you could get those powers. But um, so we get this, we get this. You know, he's killed all the dark troopers. He's waiting outside the door, like, "Hey guys, let me in." And everybody's like, 
yeah, at this point, Grogu's realizing who it is. Um, and, you know, uh, Mando says, open the doors. And uh, one, was it Fennec was like, are you crazy? Like, because we have no idea who this is. And he clearly just meant like, like just diced all the dark troopers. All they do know is it's the person who just Hmm. sliced through like a whole platoon of the thing. You could barely kill one of. Yes. Yes. Like another sorcerer. Yeah. Space (laughs) wizards. Um, So he, he goes over, sets the sets Grogu down and he hits the button and he opens the door and then in walks the Jedi master himself, Luke Skywalker. Uh, He, he's got like just the the hood looks so good and the cape you know he's got it he's like walks in very calm with that saber out pulls it back in holsters it and then he pulls the the hood back and there's a lot of people that you know the cgi eh, it is what it is i I was okay with it i didn't think it was that terrible it's not perfect but it's new stuff so um you know we got it in rogue one um you know with uh peter cushing and um and uh, Carrie Fisher, but I, I thought I they did a good job. With it. Up to How many looks better though. now? Like the, the tech already looks mm-hmm. noticeably yeah. better than it did in Rogue One. So, so I, I didn't think it was that bad, but um, you know, we get this awesome moment where Luke comes in and basically, you know, he says, are you a Jedi? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Or he says, I am. That's all he says. He's like, I am. He's, he's fully, fully into that role now. He knows it. Like, bitch, I am the Jedi. <laughs> but he doesn't introduce himself. Din's like, okay, you say no. you're a Jedi. Here's my child. Like, I get that it would have been a bit cheesy, but it did bother Din me. Din did not have her name before sending his kid away. Yeah. Can I see some credentials, please? He should have said, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> Honestly, at yes. this point, somebody yes. needs to feed Din the information because he's not asking for it. So... Jen's yeah. just like, I guess this is fine. Well, yeah. He didn't even feed the kid for like a season and a half. So he's not, <laughs> he really has no clue but what like, he's doing. Dan, how are you going to pick your son up from summer camp later if you don't know the counselor's name? Or this is true. Even. My mom said that. She was like, how is he supposed to go find him now? Because he's oh, like, I'll see boy. you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, promise. I think, uh, you know, Saul's got a good point. He's got a good question here. He says, wouldn't Kara have known about Luke? Well, not necessarily not because Kara, I think, served mostly at the end. Um, I mean, she knows the Death Star blew up, but again, I don't think they really knew other than Lando flying into the core. Like, and no, literally the up. legend of Luke Skywalker. I, or, like, right. I think people don't she think probably it's true. Well, the, and that could be. Right. Yeah, I mean, in all of the books, are like, they say he blew it up. I feel like he got lucky. I feel like he had help. Like most people didn't have the benefit of watching the movie in the galaxy. Like they mm. don't, they don't believe any of it. Yeah. I mean, technically so Luke didn't blow up the death star. People in Lando star Wars. blew up the death star. Yeah. Well, people which, in star which death Wars. star are we talking yeah, about? Luke Justin, blew up the star that blew up. Well, he blew up the first one. Yeah. But Luke wasn't a Jedi at that point. People in star Wars don't know they're in star. Wars. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean he didn't yeah. blow no. up the death star. Like he, the, yeah. there's two people in the history of star Wars that yeah. blew up the two death stars. Like, I think, I think probably people. Know well, I, I'm sure they knew it, Luke it's Skywalker, the legitimate pilot. point. Yeah. It's Luke's a point sky- people make, but like in the book, they books, they like repeatedly make the point that most soldiers don't believe it because they weren't there. So I feel like that's the position Kara's in. Yeah, so and she like, wasn't there to see it, so she doesn't like she knows it blew up, but she doesn't think mm-hmm. one person did it. No, because it wasn't it wasn't framed that way for those that were the heroes on the the 
forefront of the battle, so to speak. I don't know the, the hero worship that I hear in the 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 uh, from a certain point of view from the other pilots. They they talk they about worship like, like God. They're pilots, like they're, they're the pilots right. that are up there with him. They're not like the the pilots. And that seems to be like a stereotype of pilots. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The pilots all seem to be like really ate up with Luke, but then you have yeah. all the other like regular people that are just like, "You're kind of in my way. Can you just move?" Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to do my Like, I need to. You know. <laughs> so we get these we get these awesome lines of knowledge dropped from Luke um, about Grogu and his abilities. Um, you know, until he masters his abilities, he's not. He's like he's not safe. I'll protect the child with my life um, and teach him, but until he masters his abilities, he's not safe. Um, which I thought was was awesome to hear. And then, yes, now we get into that we got to say goodbye moment. And Din recognizes... Which was spoiled. Can I just talk about that? This was spoiled on like six t-shirts at the beginning of The Mandalorian. If you are like me and you go through Boxed Lunch and Hot Topic and like Amazon Star Wars store like on a daily basis, there has been at least four to five t-shirts and coffee mugs that had this mm. exact scene of the child reaching out and touching the helmet and it being lifted up. So yeah. like we all knew this was coming. This was happening. Like yeah. this, this was the moment that I had thought would have been the first face reveal to, um, in the, in the show, other than, you know, season one with IG 11, this is kind of more the moment that I was depicting more so than last week where he has to take it off to do the, the facial scan, right? This was kind of that moment that I thought he's going to reveal himself to the kid. He's not going to care who's around because he cares about the kid and he wants the kid to see him. So this was kind of that moment that I had pictured in my mind. Um, and it was, it was awesome because at this point, you know, the kid sticks his hand up there and he's got the helmet on. He's like, mm, it's a helmet. And, and Din's kind of like, all right, look, I'll take it off. And at that point you can kind of see his face and he's like, I, I think he like wanted to smile at the kid, but he, he was like trying to, to be, he, he, doesn't he, he doesn't know how, he doesn't know how facial expression, but he, I, you could kind of see like he wanted to, he, but he wasn't crying at this smile, point. But he doesn't know how to smile. Yeah. He's very conflicted emotionally at this and he's point probably never had somebody touch his face since he was a child yeah yeah so he's he's very conflicted at this point like you know he, oh, and he tells God. it and he tells him at the very end he's like all right it's time to go pal don't be afraid and he, before he basically puts him down and he walks over and that's where our two comes out but that, i thought that was a huge line right was that what we learned from ahsoka and and about Grogu's past, he had clearly been tortured or captured or held hostage and just bad things had happened to him for most of his life. Right. But here he's basically telling him, look, it's okay to go with this guy. Like I trust him. Don't be afraid. And I, that was, that was that permission. Right. And Luke had said, he, he's, he, he's looking for your permission to basically leave. And that was, I was that really permission. Like, I feel it too. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, he, waddles on over right here comes r2 says hi um and then luke reaches down and picks him up and it's just it's awesome to see this luke who was trained by yoda who is of the same species um who was a 900 year old being with luke now what in his 40s is that where he's at he's like 29 yeah he's he's like 29 so he's a baby He's 29 here and he's picking up this youth, this new generation. Uh, you know, it's, it's got to bring back a lot of emotion for him. 
Um, but he, he takes him and then he kind of turns and he walks out and, and that's where like, this is where you can kind of see, yes, the welling of tears in Pedro Pascal's eyes. Stop um, it. Because he's letting his child go. And this is, if you're a parent, this is hard. This is really hard. Um, you know, when your kids go to college, uh, when you see them go through, uh, hardship or tough times, excuse me. It was a hard moment to watch. So he's, he's letting his kid go. Justin's going to cry and it's going to make me cry. <laughs> Sorry. So it, it was, and you know what? I'll say this. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Hatties? It needs to be cries and Hatties. Um, it was a very hard moment to watch. And I'll, I'll be honest, the first watch, I didn't get that. I didn't, I didn't get those feelings on the first watch. Um, but when I went back and watched it on this, because I think it was just, it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot to take in. Um, and it's excitement, right? You're, you're watching all this unfold. You just saw Luke Skywalker come in and manhandle a bunch of battle droids, um, dark troopers. And, and I didn't get that on the first watch, but when I went back and I watched it the second time and you can kind of take the time and you can soak it all in from those moments, that's when it hit me the most, just as a parent, that's when it hit me the most. And I'm like, it's, it's very real. And he's like, you know what? It was only with him for a short period of time, but he's, he's grown this strong attachment to Grogu and it was hard to let him go, but he knows ultimately it's the right thing to do for Grogu and his growth and his best interest. So, uh, well, I, that's me. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. What were your <laughs> thoughts on Gro- uh, Luke walking away with Grogu? I had a loud no screaming in my head the whole time. <laughs> I'm no. like, that's your- basically, I'm like, that is your son. Where is he going? And then, like, logically, I'm thinking if the next step is for them to like reclaim Mandalore or something, it's hard to do if you need a babysitter every week. But mm-hmm. so it's like, from a storytelling perspective, it makes sense. But I'm like, you can't just, he's so attached to you and he loves you so much and you love him. And what are you doing? And that was just kind mm-hmm. of looping in my head the whole time so i was like shocked by the time the credits came like i can't believe Luke just took him and left yeah Yeah. it was hard it was like oh my god he's just gone um thank you our friends at rebel art empire Uh, i appreciate it tiernan i'm sorry uh it's it's it hits very home like if you're a parent if you've got kids um it hits very close to home it's a very emotional moment that um, and, and this is this is some of the best storytelling, whether it's Star Wars or not. What what John Favreau, what Dave Filoni have done with two seasons of, <laughs> I mean, and, yes, and the creator uh, George himself, um, what they have done with the Mandalorian for two seasons, um, you know, in the writing and in the development of these characters and the production of these this show has just been absolutely amazing. But I'm going to say the directors that they have brought in for all of these episodes individually have been absolutely outstanding. Peyton Reed uh, directed this episode. He also directed uh, chapter 10, which was the passenger earlier this season, um, which was also a great episode. We've got, they have done an amazing, amazing job just building these characters and taking this vision. I think that Filoni and Favreau have, and I, just creating this world. That's just awesome. Awesome to see. Um, and they've blended it perfectly. They've taken old, they've taken new, um, and just put it all seamlessly together. It's, it's unreal. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. So, um, can any of us even top that? I feel like we should just close with his thoughts. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's hard. I I will say this though. So, so he walks (laughs) off, I'm going to finish with this. He walks off with Grogu. They get in the elevator and the door closes 
fade to black. Credits roll. Credits roll. Do you I guys... Where Season three is not due out until late December, and we're going to talk about that in a second because there was a very interesting tidbit in the post-credit scene. Um, if you guys caught that, the Book of Boba Fett is supposed to start the same time that season three of The Mandalorian is supposed to start. I have a theory for that. There is a lot of speculation on what season three is going to be. Um, Not what you're thinking, but... (laughs) Go ahead, ahead, Maggie. Let's hear it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's run with it. We know from the Disney Investors Day that at least two of the upcoming series that have been announced are specialty events. So, um, like, for instance, the, the Lando series is slated as an event series. And we also have the Ahsoka series, which is a limited series. And so I have a theory that um, because a lot of people were like, oh, it's weird that we're not getting Mando in October like we usually do. Um, And production hasn't been pushed back. They've been filming. Um, So it was like it was weird. Um, I think that it's going to be like a three week um, specialty series um, that will start the first week of December and then lead us up to the Mandalorian starting on Christmas Day. And then we have our season three starting then yeah that could be there's a lot of people i think that are worried that season three is going to be about boba fett um and kind of his journey at this point and it's going to shift gears because realistically they're not changing the name of their most popular no 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 no. and i could see it and it was somebody brought up a good point well if you notice all the episodes are chapters right so now when you get into the book of boba fett and it's a chapter book essentially like maybe that's where they're going and where do you guys, so if at this point we've got no more Grogu, he's gone off with Luke. Do you expect that we see Grogu at all in season three? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. He's a cash cow. There's no way. Maybe at the end, maybe not for the whole thing, but he's okay. coming back. Kyle, what about you? Um, I think we'll probably see him. I do not think he will be a main fixture. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So where do we think... Where do we think Din goes from here? He's got the dark saber. He's got the dark saber. That whole plot set up. Um, They've set up like four big plot points through the course Mm -hmm. of the season. So all that's explore his Mandalorian ness. And now Mm -hmm. he has a journey unfettered, unmoored to the child of his own exploration as a Mandalorian. Here's where he goes back to the the armorer and is like, "Um, you know, tell me I'm an occult lady. Yeah. That was kind of what I was getting was like he would go Does back it, wait, and find hold the armor, but do any cults ever tell their people they're in a cult though? I think no. that's part of being in a cult. Are, are well, they at least like name themselves? They don't just say like we're Mandalor like we're like you know like <laughs> we're the regular Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> we're not the weird. Mandalorian. We're real Mandalorians. Uh, RZ, what are, what are your thoughts? Where does Din go from here? I think he's still going to be with Bo-Katan. I think it's going to be like super tense because I feel like. He's not going to just take off with the dark saber, and she's not going to take it. And I don't think he's the type who's just going to throw it at her and run. So <laughs> I think open. Got- touch the glass. Here. I mean, he might. He's not very bright, but um, I think that his whole his whole thing is now that he's with this cluster of Mandalorians, and he doesn't have the child, so he doesn't have this quest of his, and he doesn't have his creed anymore because he's definitely broken it by taking his helmet off. I think he's going to spend this time with them, trying to figure out who he is as an individual outside of children of the watch outside of being Grogu's guardian. So he's got, mm. he's got a lot of self-reflection in his own journey ahead. I of mean, him. he's in his helmet most of the time. So all that self-reflection just right in there. Um, but then again, he's not, he needs to take it off, get some oxygen, think it through, you know, 
Yeah. Early, have a vacation. Yeah. Hang yeah, out yeah, here. Yes. Really um, what, Arzu, what, um, Moff Gideon, we, at this point he's captured, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you think is going to happen to him? Is he, I thought he was dead. No, I thought like, he got like, no, he got, yeah, he got like, I, they're locking him up. I think okay. whoever he's working for comes and breaks him out. Cause I don't think they're yes. going to carry him around with them. So whoever he's working for is going to break him out. They're going to find out like halfway through the season, maybe towards the end, that Gideon's on the loose again. And then the end of that season is when we get our big bad setup for season four. That's so, what I think. so clearly the, the big bad is coming in season three to get Moff Gideon. I would, yeah. I would agree with you with that. Somebody higher than him yeah. is coming to get him. I don't know if um, I don't like it being like Thrawn, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's Brindle Hux. Like one of them, like the beginnings of the first order. Yeah. One of them. So, yeah. I I could easily see that because, uh, you know, to the point, Katie O'Brien, who was was the comms officer um, in the previous episode. Not my favorite Star Wars name, I got to say. I thought Katie (laughs) O'Brien might grow on me. It has not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She clearly says to whoever the spy is, you will be well rewarded in the new order. Um, so we did get a little bit of a nod to, uh, it's Poppy Pelps. Go for Poppy Poppy (laughs) Palpatine. Well, and, and so we, that's Grogu's dad. What are you talking about? Magic. I'm sure. Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, clearly we, we answered the question. Dark troopers are robots. They're, they're not the clones, the jar of Snokes that we saw earlier. So and we still have sliced up now. Yeah, we like... have a clear unanswered question of what was the jar of Snokes? Or those just super troop? Was that like a 99 batch? Was that was that Snoke? Like legitimately Snoke? We don't know. That's still a question that's unanswered from that episode. So again, as with all good Star Wars, right? We get more answers to some things and then we get more questions to other things. And that's kind of uh, you know, why we love Star Wars so much because it is such good storytelling. So anybody else, final thoughts on this episode feelings. I had a lot of feelings apparently. So, uh, thoughts, feelings, and what else? Anything? And forever (laughs) all aboard this ship because it's a beautiful ship. It's a ship of dreams. That Maggie and I are very deeply passionate about. I think we're like the captains of it. We are the captains of this ship for posterity. Oh. I was thinking here today that Maggie and <laughs> I are the captains. Entendre. We we coined it. We coined the ship name. <laughs> we have been pushing it. We are. This we is stand behind it very firmly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I would say it was great. You know, in that last little bit, if you didn't watch the credits, please go back watch the credits. There's that awesome scene with Boba Fett returning to Jabba's palace. Um, and I love that, you know, Jabba's little sled thing is still there. Um, there's just now a chair on top of it for Boba Fett or for Bib Fortuna. Um, and it's not just a slab for a slug anymore. No, it's, it actually has like a chair on it now. Um, and, and it, Bib Fortuna was still there again. I didn't even know he was alive. I thought he was on the sail barge and blew up with Jabba and the rest of his crew. Um, you know, but for those people that are like, oh, well, it's fan service. I think if you look at that and you go, that's fan service, you don't understand the term or like what, what fan service is. Fan service is when you're trying to like pigeonhole something in there that doesn't clearly fit, but you're like, oh, people are going to look at this and go, oh, cool. Did you see that? But putting, putting Luke Skywalker in this episode was not fan service. 
putting Bib Fortuna in at the end where Boba comes to reclaim the throne at Jabba's palace was not fan service. Um, I, I think you're missing what that is. If you take those things as that, that kind of thing, um, putting uh, Toro Calican in Han Solo's seat in the, the cantina in season one, that's more fan service than anything because you're like, Oh, that's where Han Solo set. That's more a fan service than what these are. These both served a purpose. They pushed the plot forward and they were awesome to see flat out. Awesome to see. So guys, I am spent. I don't know about you. I am exhausted. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I'm, I'm happy. The child is gone with Luke, but I'm sad at the same time. I'm happy. Din completed his quest, but sad at the same time. So very, very conflicted emotions. I love Mandalorian stuff. Honestly, I love it in rebels and I love it in clone wars. So I'm ready Mm -hmm. for like, let's fight over this dark saber. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Punch it, Chewie. (laughs) I'm also just glad that she's alive because she got shot and then they didn't show her again for like five minutes. And then, and then at the very end you see her standing there and I was like, Oh, thank God. Like, so again, Moff Gideon at point blank range with a blaster rifle manages to hit every spot of Beskar armor on her body. Not one seam anywhere in the waist or torso region. Just pew, 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 every piece of Beskar. I was like, really? If he went Come through on. the Stormtrooper program, he's not a great shot. No. And, and this is where, like, okay, if he'd have, like, maybe shot at Kara or... Um, Why? Just take or, the shot. Or Casca, who don't, who's not wearing Beskar armor. Well, Casca is, but... If you had shot one of them and you killed one of them off, right? I think, and to me, I'm always up for a meaningful death in Star Wars or any kind of movie because it moves plot forward, right? But just shooting Bo Katan and then they'll just all like, she takes a gun butt to your head and that was the end of it. I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of pointless. Well, and then what, assuming he kills her, then what? There's still like four other people in the room that are like, Right. I don't know. It didn't really make any sense. But, like, if let's say he kills live action Bo Katan, Din has the Darksaber. Din now rules Mandalore. Well, I mean, he's already ruling Mandalore now, but it would be him with the saber, like, what the heck do I do with this thing? Right. And then Casca's got to explain to him what's going on and and what's happened. Like, well, Bo's gone. Now you're in charge. So that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that could have gone, but I just thought it was pointless. Like he's shooting Bo-Katan. He hits her in every piece of Beskar armor. And then they just like, it was it. It was done. Like here, you're out. (laughs) So, but I, you know, it was, I, the episode was fantastic by far. I think probably the best episode of the season. What do you guys think? I feel like someone on this show has said that every single week, the whole season, which is a good thing. It's because I just kept getting better and better. Yeah, I don't love any one of them more. I love them differently. I love my whole family. That's, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I think there's different things in every episode that make them special and make them what they are. Um, next season, it's going to be hard to top. Like, look at how much stuff you got in this season. Where are they going to go next season? Like, it's crazy. But I, I trust Sabine Wren. I trust who is in charge because they have delivered some of the best Star Wars content in decades so that is awesome um i'm spent as you can clearly hear in my voice uh it's starting to get a little bit tired arzu 
we appreciate you coming on tonight, sharing your thoughts, your feelings with us. Um, where can all of our listeners find you at on the social webs? Okay, so on the social webs, you can find me on Twitter at Arzumin. My username is right there. Um, you can also find me at my own website, Arzud2.com, which is mostly given over to Star Wars books, which you heard I mentioned a few times tonight. Um, I'm also a co-host on The Geeky Waffles, so you can find me on that blog as well as on their show. And I also co-host BTBD Live on Wednesday nights. So I'm there as nice. well. Busy. You're busy. She is busy. <laughs> um, where can they find the rest of you guys at? Uh, this is Josh, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. Not Boba's donor. No, nope. not Boba's nope. donor. <laughs> this is, uh, well, that's gross. Uh, this is Kyle, <laughs> and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram and whatever. And this is Maggie. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. I am also the managing editor over at Your Money Geek, and you can find me writing on uh, Dork Side of the Force, and I have a top five fan theories article coming out in the next few days over there, so be sure to check that out. Because I, I made sure that Boba and Finnick got a nice shout out. <laughs> and you're in a movie coming out on Christmas Day, right? Oh, yeah. So Ooh, also... Um, yes. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this and watching, um, be sure to watch Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day. I worked 30 days on that film, and I have seen myself in the trailers, and I have seen myself in clips. Um, and yeah, so I, <laughs> if you check IMDb, <laughs> I share an IMDb credit with Pedro Pascal. Nice. And before <laughs> I forget, before I forget and I, I go to my stuff, Maggie, where give us an update on the Trans Law Center. Where oh, are we at yeah. with donations? Because I completely forgot at the beginning of the episode because yeah. I was so excited that intro it's just got me updated. distracted. Give us an update. Okay, so we are currently at $18,533. Um, it ends on Sunday. So if you feel... A couple more days. Come on, people. need to fundraise and donate more. It is there for you until the end of Sunday. Nice. I wonder if we can get to that 20K mark by Sunday. Do it. Let's do it. Come on, people. Do it, do it, do it. Only a few more days. Um, I am Justin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. We love having you guys on this show. Um, now that the season is done, our live stream recaps are kind of done. We are going to continue some live streams uh, going forward. Um, probably starting in January. We don't have any more for the rest of December, but we will do some live streams uh, beginning in January and moving forward. We do still have our weekly podcast that we produce. Um, you can find us on any social media um, at Star Wars Friends or at SW Friends Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always email us at show at starwarsfriends.com. I'm Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. We love having you guys on this. Uh, we're going to have some fun content for you in the new year. Uh, lots uh, on the live stream stuff. We're going to get back to playing some games. Hopefully um, we're going to have some fun new bits on the show that we hope you enjoy. Thank you to all of you that have been with us every Friday night through this season. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate your time, your comments um, and your thoughtfulness in joining us and watching this show. So uh, we'll end this the way that we always do. Uh, may the force be with you. Always. 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 Love you guys.